The following is brought to you by the Starfleet Podcast Network, SPN, The Spin. Oh, she can tell you all about someone not listening. <laughs> Isn't that right? Huh? <laughs> uh, uh, right. What? what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's been caught too many times, so. I have. Literally not. You can tell there's this shift in the tone of the voice and you realize, oh, she just asked a question. And I wasn't ready and I'll just be like, yeah, you know. What can you do? A red alert. Hi, it's Big J, and in just a moment, I will be presenting you with In Our Own Time, a Dreadnought Dominion film. Afterwards, please join our critical, not cynical review of the Star Trek fan film production. Without further ado, here is the film titled In Our Own Time. And the emergency operator told the girl the call is coming from inside the house. Get out now! All right, I guess scary stories are not your thing. How about a song? We have enough people. How about row, row, row your boat? What is a row, row? Uh, Benson! Sorry, Justin. Has to be this way. Log Stardate 1921.09. We are on our way to the planet Edonia to offer Federation membership to a race who claim to have eliminated violent crime over 200 Terran years ago. While they may not be technically advanced as many Federation planets, there is much we can learn from them. But first, we have rendezvoused with the USS Constitution. An old friend and several new friends are transferring aboard. So, Romulan special liaison? I do have a rather unique perspective. That you do. Are you sure you don't want to stick around until she arrives? It has nothing to do with what I want, Jason. The Constitution won't be waiting all day for me, and I do have some last-minute prep to make and do. Basically, just say, I'll see her sooner or later. Captain, she's ready whenever we are. All right, let's do it.
Mason. Told you I'd be back. Captain Farrell. Captain Tackett. I didn't know you were coming aboard. I have to run, but I couldn't resist coming aboard a dreadnought. Now I can cross this off my bucket list. I guess so. But really, you've got to tell me this story. I heard that you went toe-to-toe with an interdimensional alien ship. It's not something I can tell quickly, but there's a virtual captain's conference coming up in a few days. Meet me online about an hour beforehand, and I'll tell you all about it properly. I'll be there. Captain? Captain. Captain? 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 Stephen, when the others arrive, have them find their quarters, get their bearings, and then meet us on the bridge. Yes, Captain. time. You'll be able to monitor us from the bridge. And Commander Ellis, you'll have to come. Are you sure you don't want to leave it with Captain Farrell? She is ranking officer. Mr. Ellis, I may be a captain, but I'm not the captain. Not yet. That's right, Commander. And while I have every confidence in Captain Farrell, until that change of command in a few days, you're just a glorified passenger. Be patient. She'll be bossing you around in no time. Yes, sir. Lieutenant Malikoff, Commander Piper, Captain Denson, you'll be with me. I hope you've all been studying your Edonian law and etiquette. Their laws and etiquette are pretty much the same thing. I've never seen a civilization so dead set on being civil. After weeks of preparation, I now know 12 ways to ask for restroom without offending anyone. Well, let's just hope that's the most controversial question that comes up. Everybody watch your P's and Q's. And Chief, you've been briefed on the mission. But just a reminder, stay sharp. And be prepared to pull us out fast if this thing goes sideways. We don't anticipate violence, Chief, but any civilization that claims to have such a spotless record when it comes to crime, we have to wonder how they achieved it. Or if they've achieved it at all. That is told American saying, my spidey senses are tingling. All right then. Let's go, Chief. Energize.
Here we go. It'll be all right as long as they don't get too comfortable. Have you ever known someone who's so very easily offended and you have to watch what you say around them? Now imagine a full entire planet of them. I mean, dude, buckles the mind, doesn't it? The gift for the prime minister is a fruit basket? Really? Planets very wildly and what they consider to be precious. For some, it's diamonds, gold, gems, spices, even platinum. And for this world, it's fruit. Something to do with the soil. They can't grow it. I look there. Captain's saying something. I can't quite make it out. sit in the center seat, at least for a while, but... Malikov, what is that you're holding? Is that what I think it is? It's... I don't know. I fought with men who shot Captain, and the next thing I know, I was on bridge. It is. It's the weapon that killed the Captain. We don't know that it's a weapon. We don't know that the Captain is dead. Yes, sir. Captain Farrell, I am hereby appointing you as a full member of this crew and as acting captain of the Dominion until further notice. Stephen, I'm not entirely sure that's regulation. Probably not. But look, we'll have a nice ceremony in a few days. Everybody will be all dressed up. There will be admirals there. Just be flexible and work with me for now, okay? Aye, sir. Piper, Quinn, Winsworth, come with me to engineering. Malgod, you too. Bring the device. Be careful with it.
his eight settings, each one with single digit. Well, that rules out any sort of geopositioning system. Agreed, but what else could it be? Power? How many power settings could it possibly need? How about time? I mean, as crazy as it sounds, it makes sense. One for seconds, one for minutes, days, years, decades. Or their equivalent. Well, that's a pretty cavalier attitude to have towards time travel. I mean, surely they realize how dangerous that could be. Well, there's two schools of thought. Some swear by the butterfly effect that changing the past can change the present in unpredictable ways. Others say time has a way of course-correcting itself. So if your grandfather dies, then you're never born, but someone will come along who does roughly the same things as you would have done. It only enters strictly non-violent, so instead of kill offenders, they send them somewhere in time and let it be someone else's problem? Something like that, yeah. I'm picking up massive levels of chroniton radiation. That settles it. Looks like what we have here is essentially a weaponized time machine. That is what I love about this job. Just when you think you've seen everything, up pops a weaponized time machine. The symbols on the device are not Adonian, so how do we know how far into the past or the future that they sent the captain? Doesn't matter. The settings are set the same way they were the last time it was fired. If I leave 45 minutes later with the same settings, I'll arrive 45 minutes after he did. I reverse the settings, collect the captain, come back. Computer, record the settings on this weapon as they are now. Recorded. All right, I'm going to set this on the smallest setting. And I think this is reverse. One second. Everybody stand back. Okay, fire in the hole. Voila! Hell, what's our current speed? In relation to what? The galaxy? The local star? The planet? The surface of the planet. We're pretty much geocentric. So, about 30.5 centimeters per second. Thank you, you've been a big help. But, sir, why do you... Computer, how far did that object just move? 30.48 centimeters. That settles it then. Thank you, team. Head back to the bridge. Tell Commander Ellis to maintain current course and speed. I'll be back shortly, and with any luck, I'll have Captain Brousseau with me. Olve, O'Quinn. Yes, sir. You know I'm leaving in a few days, right? Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to recommend you as the next chief engineer. But... Sir, are you sure I'm ready? I've seen your work. I've seen your records. Get ready. Besides, I... I won't be totally off the grid. Not first, anyway. If you need me, just reach out. Yes, sir. I don't know what to say. Don't say anything. Just don't make me look bad for choosing you, okay? All right, so here's the plan. Beam me down to the exact same coordinates where you beamed Brousseau earlier today. A few minutes later, with any luck, 
you'll need to beam two back to here. Got it? Yes, sir. Got it. Energize. Captain Jason Brousseau of the Federation Starship Dominion. Can anyone hear me? Can anyone hear me? Come in. down. Excuse me. Hello. Can someone tell me where I'm at? Or where I could arrange some transportation? Did you suddenly appear in the forest? Yes. And were you shot by a strange-looking weapon? Yeah. Well, that weapon is what got you here. Ah. Well, brute, anyone? And where exactly is here? You appeared in the same location you were shot, but you were sent... best as we can figure... 800 to 1,000 standard years into the past. So, welcome to ancient Edonia. Might as well get settled in because there's no way back. It's not so bad though. I mean, except for the cold, bitter nights and the wild tribal beasts, which don't normally bother us that much as long as we keep the fire going. But Todd let the fire go out. Sorry, a guy with more firewood, Margot. Are you good at starting fires? None of us have really mastered it yet. Yeah, it takes us hours. And the Trogle Beasts check on us every night, right after dusk, to make sure it's lit. Well, I'm not that practiced at it, but I do have something that might help. I might want to stand back just a little bit.
and the emergency operator told the girl the call is coming from inside the house. Get out now! All right, I guess scary stories are not your thing. How about a song? We have enough people. How about row, row, row your boat? What is a row, row? Uh. Denson! Sorry, Justin. Has to be this way. You see, left the fire started behind. Outstanding. everybody. I had to stop by and pick up the cap, but... Jason, thank God you're all right. Shall I surrender the con, sir? No, you're fine. I have a few things I need to take care of. First, I'm gonna need a full debrief from Captain Denson. I need to know what the hell just happened, and then Starfleet's gonna need an explanation. So, carry on, Captain. Piper, Miss Malacom, both of you were on the landing party. Tell me what happened down there. Why did they attack the captain? I'm at a loss, Captain. Everything was going so well, and then the captain turned and spoke to Lieutenant Malakoff, and... Well, Lieutenant Malakoff is the expert in negotiations. When Captain turned to me and said Lieutenant, indicating he was ready for gift, I was afraid there might be trouble, but he handed gift anyway. All he said was, Lieutenant... What's wrong with that? When approaching Leiter for first time, first word spoken must be to Leiter. It's a customary sign of respect. I can't tell you how glad I am that you became our chief medical officer, Skip. Are you settled in down in sick bay? Have you found everything that you need? Sick bay is a mess. Got a lot of work to do down there. Oh, really? Just kidding, Mo. Everything's exactly like we were taught when we were junior medical officers on our first ship together. Mo? Yes? Mo, 
was Skip's nickname for me when we were ensigns together. And you may not repeat it. Captain, we're being hailed from the planet. It's the First Minister. On screen. Captain, I hope you're... First Minister, before you go any further. We came here hoping to learn something from you about keeping the peace. But now, I think we're going to leave you with a piece of friendly advice. What you've been doing may work for you for now. But before you can come out and play with the big kids, you're going to need to learn something about the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Think on that. And when you figured it out, give us a call. Dominion out. Captain's Log Supplemental. My debrief with Captain Denson was interesting, to put it mildly. I have also apprised Starfleet Command of the situation at Edonia. The Time Gun, as my staff has dubbed it, has been returned to the Edonians. I have made my recommendations to Starfleet that future contacts be made by personnel with, shall we say, a more strict set of guidelines to avoid any more misunderstandings. For now, we turn to more pressing matters, the change of command. We are presently hosting dignitaries visiting Starbase 11 who have requested to witness the ceremony. Their crew are enjoying a small reception prior to the ceremony. They have earned this small bit of relaxation as my thanks for the many years of loyal and dedicated service. I am very proud of each and every one of them and have the utmost confidence that they will serve Captain Farrell as well as they have served me. Oh, oh, Captain Bruce! Oh, 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 boy, my first thing. Um, <coughs> uh, my apologies, Captain, for my tardiness. Lieutenant Devon, no need for apologies. Matter of fact, I owe you and the crew of the Rio Grande a great debt of gratitude. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't even be here. Yes, sir. It, it, you are most welcome, Captain. Uh, it, it was a great honor to meet your ancestor. We were fortunate the ordeal turned out for the best. Well, thank you. And speaking of ordeals, let's get this one over with. Attention on deck! Attention to orders! I shall now read my orders. To Captain Jason A. Brousseau, Commanding Officer, USS Dominion, NCC-2115, Stardate 8325. You are hereby requested and required to relinquish command of your vessel to Captain Maureen E. Farrell as of this date. Signed, Vice Admiral Barrett, Starfleet Command, Chief of Staff. Computer, transfer all command codes to Captain Farrell. Authorization, Brousseau, Omega-13. 
Transfer complete. USS Dominion now under command of Captain Maureen Farrell. I relieve you, sir. I stand with you. speeches. Let's just get back to work. Ship's company, attention. Dismissed. Now I'm the captain of a Federation-class battleship. You're going to see a different Maureen Farrell now. I think Skip would get it. Jason would too. Now I'm on top of the mountain. And when I have a bad day, so does everyone else got to project competence, calm, and strength. Never let them see you sweat. We can do this. We got this. Welcome to the Critical Not Cynical Review. I am Big J, here sitting next to Nico, and also our, our other co-hosts, Frank, Vance, and Randy. So thanks guys for joining us tonight. And Randy was actually in the film you just watched or listened to called In Our Own Time. So, guys, I want to say thanks for joining me tonight on this so we can talk about the fan film, which was great, by the way. Really enjoyed this one. Uh, Nico and I put it on our big screen. We've got one of those Roku's so you can put stuff on there, you know, Netflix, Hulu, whatever you want. YouTube is on there. So watch it on the big screen and Randy hats off to you on the, you. on the writing directing and, and co-starring in this one. I was sold in the near the beginning when you came out with the, was that a Nerf gun? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. I said that. I was like, Oh, he's got a Nerf gun. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I think, I think uh, my, my son Parker has that, that same, it looks familiar. Uh, yeah. It's like, it has a little cartridge with like six balls in the bottom. Those... I shot myself in the head with it at one point. Just uh... you shot yourself in the head. <laughs> Hurt a little bit. <laughs> well, they make these things tougher now. These these Nerf darts, they've got like these plastic tips, and those suckers hurt. I got hit right in the eye with one, and I thought I was going to have to wear a a patch on me like General Chang. You're supposed to duck. I was supposed to duck. <laughs> yeah, it was sorry. a point blank shot. I had, I could I had. It was all just to close my eye. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the films. Talk about what we liked, what was good, uh, what advice or criticism we may have. Constructive, of course. First, Randy, I wanted to ask you, the idea that you came up with this, where did this, this idea start and how did you get it from in your head to on paper? Well, uh, the idea of the time gun uh, was borrowed from an episode of Doctor Who. Um, I forget what, which doctor it was, but there was an episode where uh, these people would uh, punish their criminals by sending them one way or the other in time to just let them be somebody else's problem. And uh, so I borrowed that and... Uh, that's where that came from. But uh, so a lot of the stuff in the episode came from 
uh, Frank and I, uh, Frank and I, <laughs> Gary and I decided that this was going to be. It's been a while, Gary. Uh, yeah, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's Gary tonight. It's <laughs> been a while, Randy, since we worked together as a team. Gary's Frank and I'm Gary. And <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, we had decided that this was going to be our last episode in leading roles, you know, as the, the captain and the uh, and uh, Captain Benson. Jack Captain of Engineering. We decided we were going to go only be behind the camera from now on, maybe the occasional, you know, short appearance cameo or whatever. So I, I started to look back and I said, you know, we've done 18 episodes, 17 episodes before this one. And get this now, I write the episodes, largely, you know, not entirely, but I largely write the scripts and and in 18 episodes, I had never used the transporter. I had never been on the transporter. I never beamed up, never beamed down. That many episodes? I mean, come on. And I'd never sat in the captain's chair, not even for, you know, while the captain was away or, you know, anything, uh, for any reason. And I said, you know what? This is our last episode here, you know, as main characters. I'm going to beam in and out, and I'm going to sit in the captain's chair. So I, I made sure that uh, I incorporated those two things into the script. And I, I think I came up with something believable and uh, to get myself into the captain's chair and uh, to uh, to beam in. Uh, boy, I beamed out in and out all over the place on this episode. <laughs> you were. You were transporting just about everywhere. I really loved the special effect of the transporter, too. That was great. It was good. Yes, the production value that you had was was pretty good. And so you had a question when we were watching earlier was, were you on one of the, one of the sets uh, around, was that at your home? The, the studio, what set were you on for this? Uh, which, which part? Um, okay. So just, um, okay. The engineering, the, the engineering room is, was that the one down at a, a neutral zone? Yeah. Okay. So the, the engineering and the bridge yeah. were down at neutral zone. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so and the, the other, what was the other question you had about if they were all like in the same area together? Um, I think my, one of my first questions was kind of like how much difference, cause I was like, wow, this looks very much similar to, you know, something that would have actually been in a, a show. Um, so I was wondering how much can you make it similar or how much difference does there have to be? Um, because I was looking at something that I'm like, wow, this looks extremely familiar. And, you know, I was really impressed by everything that, that was shown in all of the scenes. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Um, well, I think the way I understand guidelines, we can do pretty much anything we want. We just can't be the original cast, you know, the original, uh, crew, you know, Kirk and Spock and those guys. Okay. We can't call ourselves Star Trek, even as part of our name. Mm -hmm. and, uh, use characters. We can only loosely use minor characters a little bit, refer to them, you know, like mm -hmm. or something, you know. Uh, but we can't have those major characters in our, and we definitely can't use any footage from the original series. Mm -hmm. Um. But other than that, we're free to do whatever we want. And our thing is that we try to come up with stories that might have been 
episodes of the original series and the sort of thing that they would have done. Mm-hmm. Not, not a lot of internal conflict between the characters on the ship. We'll save that for the characters off the ship. And, uh, and, and we get along pretty well. You know, maybe the occasional misunderstanding, but not anything too serious. We don't, we don't fuss at each other all the time the way they do on Discovery. <laughs> now, where'd you get the uniforms? Uh, the, just the regular uh, uniforms. I think Gary buys them from someplace, um, somebody in China or something. I don't know exactly. That's what we were thinking. He, 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 yeah. Gary is our costuming guy, and he gets the costume somewhere. I think the shirts are like $35, and we generally supply our own pants, uh, you know. Uh, the shirts are more towards 85. Are they? Yeah, they are. Because uh, when when originally a lot of that stuff came from Farragut that we started with, mm-hmm. I know that Gary's and my uniforms were, were, were from John made those for us. Yeah, Gary's still got Yeah, and he still has that. And everything else that's down at the sets right now, I think you've got a mixture of. I know that a lot of that, I think, is STC that they left. I could be wrong, but I know that a lot of them are are pretty much using the original material. And the stuff that Gary gets, that I get, is from a place in China. And they're the ones that have the closest gold or um, lime green that the original series had. It's off a bit, but it's it's pretty close. They were nice. One thing that that I I really liked about this film, there there was a lot of things that I enjoyed about this film. Um, There was only one criticism that I can give, and I I think that uh, it's only a criticism. I say that term loosely, Um, but I'll, I'll get to that later. The one thing that I really enjoyed was the fact that you guys used the Star Trek Beyond uniforms in a, in a pretty clever way. Uh-huh. Um, and some people may not even recognize the fact that they were Star Trek Beyond uniforms, but you you made them. Guys, seriously, stop, Rufus, stop, Neelix. They always do that. Remember that, Frank? They always come in here and they start playing, rolling around. God dang them. Yeah, but you know, I can't see them. <laughs>
I, I want to get one of those, like, man, tweak one for me. You know, I put my fat ass in one. You know, <laughs> uh, they look pretty good, you know. Um, and I, I, it made that last scene uh, with the promotion, um, it made it it made it made really nice uh, to see you in dress, to see Gary in dress. Um, uh, and my big takeaway from this um as as fun as the time travel stuff was which all of your adventures seem to be more lighthearted more fun um which is your kind of pocket of the star trek universe the fan film um you guys always kind of deviate more toward the fun the adventure the the, the that type of spirit um I really loved that promotion stuff because as I was sitting there in the moment, admiring the uniforms and, and the, 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 the change, everything, but I, I, I felt like I was witnessing history because I, I remember when, when I first met Randy or well, yeah, you and, and Gary and talking to you guys on the phone and thinking, uh, you know, God, I hate Frank. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, back in those yes, days. Yes, we have gone back you know. in those days. <laughs> back in those days, you know, uh, you know, back when, uh, you know, this is for those that don't know, uh, Frank at uh, early days, you know, he had left for a little bit, you know, left fan films. Um, and that was when Gary took over Dominion and everything. And, you know, Dominion is a series of transition. And I was watching this scene and I, I felt like I was witnessing history because the Dominion is now taking another commanding officer. And I, I really was like, wow, this, this is a moment. Um, and I, I don't think, I, I don't think anyone realizes that how, how important that moment was. Um, I, I didn't read like this is the first time I've watched this film and it's been out for a bit. Um, and it, I loved that moment. I, I went back a couple times just to watch that segment, you know, and seeing her walk down the hallway in, in that green tunic, um, it kind of gave me shivers because I, you know, uh, it reminded me of another captain that wore a green tunic in that, you know, uh, show, you know. And uh, again, I, I felt that the Dominion had legacy. Um, and it like that to me is like that's that's one of the great things about fan films is you pass on a legacy and then you keep going, you know. And it made me interested in seeing what happens uh, going forward, you know. And and I know I've missed a couple of Dominion episodes, um, and it, it, I've just recently begun a uh, begun and finished an Avalon marathon, which took about about five hours, give or take. Um, and I kind of want to go back and do a Dominion marathon just to sit, watch from the beginning all the way to where we are now. Cause it's like, I know that there's been that transition, um, you know, cause I know I've missed a couple just to, to get re you know, caught up on everything, you know? Um, but tip of my hat, Randy, you guys pulled a really great episode that kind of pulled from every direction just to, to get to where you are. And I know that you guys have a legacy that you guys have built. Um, I think this was a, a great episode all in all. Um, but, uh, you know, that uniform, uh, very clever use of, of the Star Trek Beyond uniforms for something that most people, you know, probably wouldn't recognize. But I digress. Frank, what you well, what you the, trying? The other thing that I notice is the fact that uh, Victoria 
had on a S uh, Strange New Worlds uh, tunic when she was coming down the hall. That was the green wrap. That oh, was that? I, that was the green wrap. The only thing they did was they added the uh, they added the captains to it, like the the standard. But that was definitely a Strange New Worlds tunic. And if you notice, she also had the command patch. On her, I mean, you know me, I, I noticed little things like that. <laughs> she had the command patch on that also. So, um, yeah, that, that was a good choice there um, because I've always, well, you know me, I have one that I, I wear on Crossroads that I just had Donna redid and, and made it my style, but I do like the wrap uniforms for two reasons. They look cool. And number two, they kind of hide the belly. When you think about it, that's one of the reasons the wraps did come out with with Shatner is because uh, a little bit of weight. And that's one of the things like the reason the red Boston maroons came out was because the cast had put on weight at that time. So that's why, you know, because the monster maroons cover that. I enjoyed I know that you've done location shoots before randy but i think this is the first time i've seen you do an outside now i could be wrong i know that you had the outside for uh the romulan uh episode and stuff but that was it wasn't really a you know it was going into a building but to actually take it out into into the woods now i know valdor you used outdoor shooting started but i don't think i think it's the first couple times you've actually done an outside shoot Am I correct? Well, um, the the exterior shooting in the woods on this yeah. was shot on the same day in the same place as the exterior shooting in Warburg Valdor for all yeah. that epic battle between the Romulans and the uh, Vancians. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that was a, that was a couple of weeks after you and Gary and Tracy visited the bridge, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I remember that you came now. Because I remember the day that. You guys were shooting the indoor scenes where the um, where the elosions were was the day that you gave me down and that you went down to uh, Waxi or someplace like that. Yeah, the right in your house to, to the, to the yeah. set shoot uh, the uh, the bit where they where they shot the captain and blew him back in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One one of the small criticisms that I have, and as I said, it's not really a criticism. It was just a I wish you had tied the Elosian story a little bit more. I was kind of confused a little bit on exactly what you guys had done or, I mean, what, what you'd done to cause that. You know, it, you know, I, it's very hard when you're doing a very quick film like that. And it was, what, 25, 30 minute? No, it was a 30 minute film. Is to get that type of um, in depth. But that was the, the one I felt a little empty there. Okay, well, uh, later on in the episode, the uh, Captain Victoria walks over to um, the, you know uh, Tracy Frank and uh, and uh, what's her name? Uh, anyway, Dara. Yeah, walks over to their 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 side of the bridge, and she says, "What the crap happened?" Not in those words, and they say, "Well, here's the deal." And when yes. when the captain walks into when they all walk in to meet the Greek, the leader of the planet, the rule is that you have to speak to the ruler before you speak to anybody else. The first word spoken have to be to the ruler. Hmm. And when the captain walked up there, he turned to Dara, who was holding the gift basket, and said, Lieutenant, 
So he spoke to her before he spoke to the leader. That's all of it was wrong. And, yeah. and uh, the uh, guard probably went a little bit overboard and shot him and blasted it back into the past. <clears throat> Not so even I, a warning, just boom, you're, gonna, you're done. It, they, you don't get second chances on that plan. <laughs> I noticed that. But I, I like the fact that, I mean, I, besides the fact you were talking about Doctor Who, I was taking a look in, in, in my mind at you going back. Uh, I'm trying to think of the episode in TOS where uh, they went through, um, landed on the planet and Spock, Kirk and McCoy. Uh, not, not, yeah, not, yeah, Spock, Kirk and McCoy. Um, Spock, McCoy and Kirk end up on the uh, ice planet with uh, Tracy Gar. I think it was Tracy Gar. The one it's who the one with she uh, was in that, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, where they went back to, through the portal and they weren't fixed. You yeah, know? it's Mr. A, it's Mr. Ataz. Yeah, it's got Mr. Yeah. Ataz, and they yeah, um, yeah. McCoy and Kirk or McCoy and Spock go to the pla ice planet, and Kirk goes to the Three Musketeers planet, and, and right. uh, it's got Zarabeth in it, and uh, she can't go with them because it would mess her up because she's from that yeah. planet or whatever, and yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing is, is I kind of wish I had more of a backstory for the three people sitting around the fire. <laughs> <laughs> they are four, four unfortunate people who made some little minor mistake and got blasted. I think I left behind. Yeah. And I, and I, and I did see the, 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 you know, the honor uh, honoring of, oh, let's sing Row, 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 Row Your Boat, and I'm looking for El Capitan. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I love, I, I found a lot of humor when he's like, what's a Row, Row? I did chuckle at that. But I, I tell you, I, I, I love the message that you guys had um, when uh, Vic, Victoria said, um, at the end, when she kind of gives the uh, friendly or uh, not so friendly, the, the, the wise advice uh, to the planet, uh, basically saying, you know, when, when you're ready to grow up, you, you kind of better watch yourself, yeah. you know, um, you know, keep your nose clean, um, yeah. basically. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're not as smart as you think you are, you know, basically. Um, and and I, I like that, you know, because um, she's she's not making a threat, but just kind of kind of leaving with some uh, words of wisdom before they, they, they kind of hightail it out. And I like that because I I again, I know I've missed uh, episodes of your show. Um, you know, nobody out there uh, you know, send me any death threats or anything. Um, <laughs> I'll get to it. But it makes me eager to go and watch what I've missed because I know that, you know, if, if this character, if this is uh, indicative to this character, I, I want to know more about this character and I can't wait to go forward and see, you know, how this character leads. Because I, I like that, the fact that she's able to assess the situation, go over, talk to a crew member and be like, hmm, and in, in a minute go and instantly target these people and, hey, stop it. Um, and, and go tell these people exactly what they need to hear without sounding like she's threatening. I like that a lot. 
Um, it was some very clever writing, and I think it was a really great performance by uh, your future lead. Um, I think it's great. I, I, again, I can't wait to see where your series goes going forward. Um, I, I really think all around uh, a lot of subtle great performances from everybody. Um, you have a great series on your hands, and I know the reason why uh, you know Gary uh, and, and you decided to kind of step back, you know, to kind of be behind the camera <clears throat> and everything. It, it's kind of exhausting to be in front of it and then in front and behind. Um, but uh, it, with people like this in front of the camera, it's it's such a pleasure to just sit there and watch them do what they do. I, I get that, you know. Um, I think it's been I think the domain is in good hands. I appreciate you saying that because I, 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 I'm still pinching myself that we have the cast that we do. Uh, Victoria is, is great. Uh, Tracy Frank, uh, Dara Bruton, uh, Kelly, the little blonde girl that I, I made. Eli. Chief engineer, Eli. And we just got some great people in front of the camera now. And we feel comfortable just taking a step back, saying, okay, you guys take it. The, the campfire scene. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Frank. I was going to say one thing I wanted to get in here is it was a great um, transition. And I and I for me personally to see Mike at the beginning of the end for you guys, because Mike is the reason why Dreadnought Dominion is in there, because he gave us permission to start it because uh, mm -hmm. for those that, that don't know. The captain, um, uh, Taggett, who came on, was the original uh, exec, one of the original executive producers for Starship Farragut, who built the sets in St. Mary's, and then we moved it to uh, 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 Kingsland. And he is the main construction uh, person. He, John did the uniforms. He did the construction in different writers did it and if it wasn't for him and john and their team those sets would not be there and randy and i that's where randy and i met in the beginning we were going to college together i had found out about this from a science fiction convention that i was uh, chairing and i went down and then tagged along and got him gary was a good friend of mine from a, a starship uh, Star Trek fan club and we all got together and started this and because Mike said yeah Frank you guys have been helping build this set if you want to try and do a series go for it and as a matter of fact the first two episodes that we did in Dreadnought uh, Mike was involved with both of those yeah he was so it was really nice to see Mike there and um, it was kind of funny because he had changed commands. The, one of the last episodes that he did that I, I participated in that one. I had good time um, as Commodore Grissom. And he left there and went to take over the Constitution. Um, and then now he's saying, hey, bringing your new captain on board. So it, it's kind of to me, my personal history with them and knowing that it kind of felt good to me, too. Very much so. Kind of, kind of, kind of comes full circle. Yeah. Bookended. Yeah. The story at the campfire. I love that one. The uh, this was. I'm trying to think. The first time I'd heard that, it's one of those 
Halloween stories that you tell. And, uh, oh, God, this had to have been 30 years ago. I first heard this, the one uh, that ends with the, the uh, 911 operator. Yeah, the, the calls are coming from inside the house. Yeah. Run. <laughs> and, uh, wow, that was a that was a blast from the past on that. But I've got to tell you, I think my the favorite scene, or at least the one that really got the got the verbal reaction out of me. I I can't recall the actress's name, but uh, she was in the she was in the blue uniform, kind of played at the uh, Lieutenant Horus station. If it was on the Enterprise, uh, the uh, African American lady, she uh, the the blue oh, uniform, Tracy as Tracy. Tracy. Um, when she had the the tricorder strap and the tricorder and wrapped it around that gun, pulled it, I said, whoa, what? That was, it's, it was just a little thing. I know it was small and it was blank if you miss it, but I thought that was pretty freaking cool. Like, that's a good, that was a good disarm move right there. Yeah, and Tracy is the science officer. Yes. Not, not security or anything like that. And Dara, uh, the, her, her cohort over there on that side of the bridge, is uh, uh, in a previous episode, she went back to the academy and uh, and did took majored in, uh, in negotiating and uh, you know negotiations, right? So uh, so she's sort of our negotiator if we get into a tight spot, and uh, so I thought it was kind of cool and ironic that when she went over there and, and struggled with the guy with the gun. You know, to get to get it away from him because she's our negotiator, and then uh, Dara, who is a science officer, used her tricorder to unarm the guy with the spear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. came out of nowhere, I loved it. If there's a scene I'm going to go back and rewatch, it's it's that one. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jensen is standing over there going. <laughs> <laughs> Why <No>. did <laughs> this? This is my second important question with the gun. Why did you shoot yourself in the head with it? It didn't matter where I shot. I, was, I, was, I knew what. It, I, I just thought, you know, of, of all the places, yeah, of all the places to use it, just right to the right to the head. Because <laughs> why not, I, right? I could yeah, tell you that it would be censored. <laughs> yeah. I know Randy. <laughs> At that point, I knew Randy wasn't going to kill me, so it didn't matter where I shot myself. Yeah. So. So, Randy, I, I do have a question. Um, filmmaker to filmmaker. Yeah. Um, was there any, since, you, since you're kind of taking a, 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 you know, more of a writing, producing type uh, stance on things and not being in front of the camera as much, is there a storyline in particular that maybe you didn't quite get to do um, that you wanted to do? Um, or did you kind of do everything that you wanted to do and you're perfectly happy with everything that you got to do? Was there, was there something that you wanted to do that you didn't quite get to do in fan films? Well, we can still do those stories. It would just be somebody else in front of the camera doing, you know, doing the acting. But as, if you're, if you're not talking about full stories, if you're just talking about beats, there were several beats that I, I got taken care of in that episode. Like I said, you know, beaming in and out and being in the captain's chair. Also, if, if you think back, Denson generally is it's usually the captain that comes up with the solution to the problem. Now, that's just tradition. You know, the captain is always the one that goes, you know, boy, I got it. Mm -hmm. 
let's do this, you know? And, uh, it, and that's been uh, Gary Davis, you know, as Bruce O. And I thought, this time, Denson's going to figure it out. Denson's going to come up with this, you know, what's going on and the solution. And uh, so, so I got that. You know, that, that's the one that I don't have to say, well, I never got to do that, mm-hmm. you know? I really liked that. I, I loved that it was, because that's kind of silly. I think it, the captain's going to do a solution. Like, it should be the other people. So I loved that scene where you went down and found the little um, triangle. And good thing you thought to do it on an object first before a real person. So I, I love that, too. I was like, now this is a smart person because he's not just trying it on any random person first. So I, I love that. And um, it that really, that scene right there, I, I think, was a really important one um, that I really enjoyed. So... We had a debate. I, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You, you, you first. You first. Oh, we had a debate about that time, about, about the ex- experiment to see what would happen when we shot it. I set it to the lowest setting, which I assumed was like one second. And uh, and I shot it, and it moved you know, a couple of feet. And, uh, and that told me that it's going to where it was one second ago. Because now I checked and said, you know, how fast are we going? And she said, one sec- one meter per second. And I'm like, okay, one second ago, it was one meter away. So there you are. That's that's what's happening. And then we, we had a big argument, discussion, debate about, you know, what, what does happen to something when you send it back in time? Does it move to where it was a second ago or whatever? Or, you know, it's just, and we never did really agree on it, but we said, hey, you know, we got a we got an episode to shoot here. So it's back to work. I can imagine being on the set during that argument is the Rubik's cube would be over here. No, it would be here if it was a second ago. It shouldn't even move. And yeah, I can, can you just imagine the 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 Star Trek geek head during that time discussing time travel and quantum physics and all of that stuff, giving each other headaches. <laughs> well, technically, technically, technically the ship's moving through space. So that where the table's at, so re- like the table's irrelevant because technically the table's like, you know, 15 feet back over there because the ship's moving through impulse. So like the table's irrelevant because, you know, the, the whole thing doesn't make sense. So the way I see it is like, it's, it's just, a, it's, don't let it get in the way of a good story. You know? we, we weren't under normal impulse power. We were in synchronous orbit. And synchronous orbit is different. That's, that's, uh, it's not like warp uh, or, uh, uh, what is it? That, what did we just say? Not impulse. Warp, impulse. Impulse is still pretty, pretty dang fast. Yeah. But but we weren't even that doing that. We were just in a synchronous orbit with the planet, with the surface of the planet. Yeah. So however fast that planet was rotating, that's how fast we were going. And and just I pulled one second, one meter per second out of my head, you know, out of, out of it, it worked. <laughs> it worked, right? Yeah, made sense to me. <laughs> you know, I was really interested in in the conversation that you had between you and your your uh, your helm officer as to well, how come you want to know how fast we're going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> because because I'm in command right now, and I asked. <laughs> I, I was kind of a jerk in that episode, really. <laughs> 
with her. And then I didn't want to say that, Randy. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> I don't know why I did some of the things I did. That's um, that, that's my little pet peeves, you know, with the episode. Why was I such a jerk? <laughs> I, I don't think it came across that way. I, I really felt like it was kind of like, you know, certain people have certain things that need to be done. And, you know, like this person's not here with us. They're not a part of that. They're, they're on the bridge. We got the information we needed. And now we're moving on to the next thing. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, this was the first one that I've seen. And, you know, I really hope that you do um, come back and do more cameos. Um, I really think I, I understand being kind of like overwhelmed with being in front of the film um, camera and everything. But I I felt like everybody that was in your in your um, episode, at least this particular time, I don't know if it's always the same people, worked really well together. And I enjoyed your acting. Um, so I, I do hope that we see some more of that. And and like I said, the way that I took it was just more of like a matter of fact, I have things to do. And, you know, the people that are here, we're solving the problem and you're somewhere else. And we got our information and we're moving on now. So uh, uh, Vance knows exactly where I am. I'm sitting in my house building so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. He's, he's, he's got those little binocular things that when you look up, the eyeballs are super huge, and then he goes back to his little model. No, I, you'll see that in one of the films got coming up. So, yeah, no, I know exactly where he's at. Uh, the one thing I, I loved, I loved how how chill the people were at the fire like their their life's gone to hell but it's okay because they got fire now you know and it's they're just chilling and it's all good you know it's it, it, it i you can tell it to your point uh you can tell how much fun everybody was having no matter how serious the situation was or how dire things were um like when the the cgi creature was was tearing everything apart, you know, like you could still tell the actors were having a good time. And that's the one thing about a Dreadnought Dominion production. You can tell they're having fun. And despite, you know, if, if people, you know, love them or hate them, you go and you have a good time watching it. At least I do, you know. Um, and what what more can you say about it? You know, um, if you go and you go film something, you have a good time. Hey, it's win-win, you know. Um, and to me, that you didn't waste your time. You know, to me, it doesn't matter if you have 100 views or you have 10,000 views. If you went and filmed something and had a good time, the views don't matter, you know. And um, that it's, again, that's a testament to... The relationships that they've built with people you know they've reached out to people and, and met them over the years and they just keep coming back because i recognize some of the faces and again some of them i don't because i haven't seen all of them but uh you know it, it i i love how much i love seeing their joy come through in the performance uh you know it, it, you just you smile at some of the stuff that you know <laughs> normally you would just roll your eyes at and go god dang it you know uh, it was just, it was a good time watching it. You know, I smiled a lot watching this film. It was a, it was a good film, you know. You know, there's, there's a surprising uh, uh, amount of crossover in there. Because if you take a look at the people that were on the bridge, now Skip was one of those that has been in Avalon films. Uh, you know, Donna, who is playing the Helm Officer, is going to be in one of our films. Uh 
Randy has been in uh, a couple of uh, Crossroads films as 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 a vice president. Um, and of course, Leslie, Leslie, who was the girl that was sitting at the fire. Leslie's been in everything. She's been <laughs> yep. she's been in Nature's Hunger. She's been in Dreadnought Dominion. Uh, you know, you name it, she's been there. So you can tell that in the community, um, I've even shown up in Valdor, which is their new production for uh, Dreadnought as a Romulan, uh, you know, general. Uh, so, you know, there's the whole area for, and I know that this is one of the things that you guys are just getting more in involved with fan films, but as you watch these films, you're going to see the same some of the same faces in all the films, you know, it used to say like Gunsmoke. Wow, you see Leonard Nimoy in there. You see uh, uh, John, um, I can't remember his name right now, but there were certain people you always saw in Gunsmoke. They play different roles. There were always people in Star Trek that you saw, they'd come back and reprise a different role. In a way, that's how we are today. <laughs> You're right. You are absolutely, Frank, you know, that is a very good point. I never, I never realized that. But God, God, you're right. I, my, when my grandpa would watch westerns, I used to think, hey, that guy's on Star Trek. Hey, that guy's on Lost in Space. Like all these people, the familiar. You're right. My God, we really have come full circle in that regard. Like you see, a lot of these over. It would be overlap is what would be accurately called. Like we really do. Uh, overlap a lot in these films, and and it was very apparent this because I recognized a lot of the people um, on the bridge and and in the campfire scene. Like I was like, I know them. I can't place them. I I, I know I know them from somewhere. And you're absolutely right. You're right. In the ultimate computer, the the uh, admiral or commodore who plays Wesley on the bridge is shown up in a couple episodes in just a standard red shirt in the background. He did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, you're right. So, you know, these are the things that you see. And, you know, they just move people around as, you know, hey, he's been here so long, let's give him a speaking role. And a lot of people do that. Like, okay, Gina Hernandez, who has been, uh, you know, with uh, the Farragut and stuff like that, she's also a professional actress. And I can't remember what show she was on, but she was the one of the background police officers. But they, she was on there. You, I know you You probably know. They finally gave her a speaking role because she had been an alumni of the show for so long. It was that. Yeah, uh, it was a cop show. Show. Uh, it's. It'll come to you later on. I guarantee it. Like it always is. Elementary. Yeah. Elementary, right, exactly, an elementary. So that's how it, it works. If you're good in the industry, you show up all the way, and definitely character actors. Um, you know, you still see Brett Spiner coming up in things. You see, uh, well, take, for instance, Worf. I mean, he started off in Chips, <laughs> you know, so. There's a lot of common crossover. Hey guys, someone's at my door. I got to head out. I, I I gotta go. So I'm yeah, yeah, no problem. Week, okay, we're we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Vance, thank you very much for coming. Frank, great to have you, and Randy as well, and uh, Nico, thanks for joining with us. And all of you have a great uh, rest of your weekend, and we'll catch you again on the next one.
If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us at patreon.com slash beyond trek. We are Beyond Trek Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious Trek content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile. <laughs>